As a very special treat for All Hallows' Eve, Script to Screen covers Halloween on Halloween, at least the most recent series continuation. We go into the John Carpenter original and the sequel from 2018, and <sighs> Halloween kills. Remember, you can join the Boston Screenwriters Group on meetup.com and RSVP for an online screenwriters forum. Peer reviewing scripts, screen feedback on fellow writers' work while networking with them as well. Please check out the links on our Anchor.fm profile to follow us online. You can vote on our poll on our Spotify page for what classic film noir you would like to see covered for November. Have a happy and safe Halloween. Enjoy the podcast. I want to give a happy Halloween to screenwriters, aspiring writers, film lovers, and everyone in between to the latest episode of Script to Screen, the Boston Screenwriters Group podcast hosted by myself, Jeffrey Chang Stewart, Kenyatta Hoskins, and Derek Miller, where we come in and discuss and give screenwriter, filmmaker, and film lovers perspective on movies and various other forms of media-related topics. Whenever you're giving us a listen, morning, noon, or night, we hope to be a great part of your listening cues. We know the world is a little off-kilter at the moment, but we hope to be a part of the good stuff in your day with these in-depth discussion on film, TV streamings, and other things we love. So I'll start with the intros. I've been the co-organizer of the Boston Screenwriters Group for over five years, helping out the founder, Deborah Sharif, with the meetups, where we help any level of experienced screenwriter peer review the screenplays with other members. I'm also a local filmmaker on the lower end of budgets, but I'm always up with coming up with I'm always game for coming up with movie ideas and ready to film. Now with all that settled, I pass it off to my co-organizer and friend Kenyatta. Yeah, this is Kenyatta Hoskins. I um I've been a member of the Boston Screenwriters Group for over five years, been a co-organizer for over three years. And I'm happy to be here to talk about horror films. Um, happy Halloween, uh, good morning. Um, and also just remind people that uh, we're on YouTube and we're also on other streaming, uh, uh, um, like Instagram, we have Twitter. Uh, we also have a Facebook group, Boston Screenwriters group. So just, you know, just, uh, Give us a visit, share, like, comment, and what have you. And um, just happy to be here. Hello, happy Halloween. I'm Derek Miller. Um, you're a Boston local filmmaker, sometimes active if you need one. Um, very excited to talk about this movie today. Can't wait to get down to the details about it. Yes, we are. We, so we thought, it would, since it's Halloween, uh, we're going to use the titular series to talk about uh, uh, Halloween, uh, both from, and I'm going to go with the most recent timeline because uh, the many, many iterations of this, uh, you know, the sort of simple franchise that uh, you would think, but uh, there's many timelines and many iterations and uh, almost a metaverse of Halloween and Michael Myers, but we're going to go with the most recent, uh, most recent timeline that we have, uh, at least um, from, uh, uh, Halloween uh, 2018. So, but we figured we'll go way back uh, 40 years ago to the original, uh, the original that's kicked everything off uh, in 78. Uh, good old Haddonfield, Illinois, uh, the steak knife capital of the world, apparently. Uh, but um, where uh, an escaped mental patient dons the Captain Kirk mask in order to uh, go on a rampage and uh, uh, take out uh, the very promiscuous babysitters in this little sleepy uh, suburban town. But uh, we uh, can ask uh, everyone else here. Uh, so how did you come to uh, the original 78 Halloween in your uh, sort of in your viewings? I can't remember 
<clears throat> how it came about Halloween. But it used to come on TV all the time. And um, it came out, what, 78? And um, basically, uh, yeah, I just caught it on TV. I didn't go to the movie theaters to, just to go see it. And um, so I think it, it just when it came on regular TV, it just, it didn't hit me how big it was until like later on. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was just like one of those movies that comes on seasonally on, on, on TV. It wasn't big to me, um, like like Friday 13th, for example. It didn't get bigger until like I got a little bit older, uh, maybe high school or so. So at, at this point, man, it's, it's so big that, uh, you know, um, in hindsight, that, uh, you know, I'm surprised because usually, you know, I was really young when uh, the original Halloween came out. And um, so basically, you know, I'm, I'm going to movies with my mother as a relative and nobody ever took me to go see this film. So it was just one of those things that came on TV. So, um, but in hindsight, um, yeah, you know, after after you recognize how how, how big it is, is that like you can appreciate um, pretty much it's it's kind of like the granddaddy of all the all the slashes. You know, first it was Psycho, of course, because you know a lot of uh, you know uh, Halloween was influenced by a lot was that was going on in Psycho because even the daughter of the one who got killed in the shower, uh, <laughs> you know, is is in Halloween. And I was watching um, the movies that made us uh, this episode of season, you know, the movies that made us, that's on Netflix in the season three, there's an episode of Halloween, they talked about it, that they weren't so thrilled with um, Jamie Lee Curtis. They didn't dislike her or anything like that. It was kind of like, uh, you know, she's all right. But when they, once they find out who her mother was, it's like, this is kind of like destined uh, for her to be in this film. And, 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 and it, it it turned out everything um, uh, turned out for the best, man. Because this is just an iconic film. Um, and, and, and there's one thing I noticed too that the that the uh, episode of Halloween on the movies that made us pointed out that I never really noticed before, which is that there's no blood in in, in this film. It's like I never noticed it. It's like you know a lot of people are terrified with this film it's like we, we, i think we talked about this in past uh broadcast where gore doesn't necessarily equal scares and this is kind of proof of that where there's no there's no gore like that um even when you go back to watch psycho that shower scene it's like you you don't see any gory details of the thing going to the flesh you might see a little bug uh going down to the uh you know, she's in the shower. The shower's running, so some of the blood in the water, but not much. And, and, and pretty much the uh, people responsible for making Halloween, that's what they were going for. They were going for kind of like you use your imagination. It's, they're going to use editing and all this other kind of stuff. So um, not many horror films done that back, you know, around that time, even now, where you're just kind of using people's imagination to kind of fill in the blanks. And um, 
and around that time that the, the imitators of Halloween, um, I follow Halloween because it's you know it was such a success. It's like they made it for three hundred thousand dollars, end up making forty seven million worldwide. It made seventy million dollars. What a profit, right? So it's like oh, because the studios didn't want to make this, but now they saw all this kind of uh, return on investment. Then you have like all these copycats, but they were using gore. They didn't, you know, so, so uh, this is definitely a, a comic film in, in, in that sense. Yeah, I felt like they did the same thing for the Evil Dead um, movie, the original one, where that movie also cost, I don't want to say $300,000, and it ended up just being one of the great movies where it didn't really have any gore, any killings, if I could recall, but it just had these scenes and this creepiness that just added these elements to the movie. But um, yeah, no, like I stumbled upon Halloween, I think when I was in the um, fifth grade, that's only because like what happened was there was a trailer for it, um, The Curse of Michael Myers. And I remember being in sixth grade, everyone was like, wait, Michael Myers has a movie coming out where, where, where he's going around killing people? And it's not like the Michael Myers, but like Mike Myers from SNL, Wayne's World, and stuff like that before that Austin Powers. So everyone's a little bit confused. But um, I didn't really stumble upon it again until like, um, I think 14, 15, when um, HCO came out. And didn't really have a chance to go see it, but my brother did. But eventually, like later on, I was able to um, rent it at Blockbuster and watch it. And I think what bothers me about it is like, I think I enjoyed watching it at the time, but now that I'm older, it's not really as memorable as it could be. Um, ended up seeing the Rob Zombie version of Halloween later. I like the beginning of that one just because I like how it just kind of like goes into the backstory a little bit more of Mike Myers versus the 1978 version. But um, other than that, that's how I came across. I wasn't really a big fan of the Rob Zombie Rage either, just because not a huge fan of Rob Zombie, but I do like some of his films. But yeah, um, yeah, that was one of my favorite things about just the Halloween franchise itself, or not the Halloween franchise, but the um, the um, reboot that they did was just that you had that interesting background story. And then go back to 1978, I watched that a couple of years ago and I watched it again last night. I did enjoy the simplicity of the film. I think that was like one of the best things about it is just that you didn't have to do too much to sit there, create a story just because this could be as realistic as it could be just because this could happen at any time, anywhere during that time where you can just walk into someone's house or someone could just walk into your house, murder you right there on the spot and just have like a a tiny little manhunt going on within a town without no one really knowing about it just because you're trying to keep it quiet. But um, yeah, no, I, I like the simplicity of it. I like the acting. I thought what was really cool about it is like, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis is like one of the original screen queens. And that's like just one of the best things, like just discovering that and then noticing that she was in prom night, um, Halloween movies, and I feel like there's something else I'm missing. I can't think of it off the top of my head. That just made her just one of the most iconic horror film actresses ever. But um, yeah, that's just one of the things I did love about the um, 1970 Halloween. It's just like the just simplicity of it. Did you mention um, Terror Train? She was in Terror Train. That's what um, it was. The Fog. She was yep. in The Fog. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's what I say. I know there was like a bunch, which is why she is the screen queen itself. Yeah, there was even a TV show where that came out on Fox where um I think she was just like one of the most iconic actresses on there just because she was the screen queen. I didn't watch it just because it was also on Fox and not a huge fan of the stuff that they produce, but yeah. Thanks for reminding me of all those movies. That really helped a lot. Yeah, uh, so I came to it also on TV, but that was only after like uh, being sort of ingrained with uh, culture that has sort of sprung up around uh, this movie because, I mean, I probably heard the soundtrack even before seeing a single frame of uh, the original or any of the, of the follow-ups because that score is just, yeah, score along with uh, every, everything, mostly everything else about this movie has just entered sort of uh, public, uh, you know, uh, public awareness and everything. It's it's ubiquitous, especially around uh, the, this time of the year. Uh, you will hear it uh, played on people's uh, sound systems and uh, other like horror playlists, uh, you know, to get people in the mood. Um, and I think, yeah, all the stuff that uh, you all mentioned, uh, yeah, it was essentially very simple. It was stripped down, minimal, uh, and that's that. You know, that's that's Carpenter, John Carpenter in a nutshell. Uh, you just make stretching out a dollar, uh, stretching out his budget all the way to the mo- to the fullest extent. And uh, this is probably his mom, maybe his most iconic movie, the one that made the most impact. Uh, arguably probably than uh, anything else in his in his great career uh and it seems like he, he's very proud of that fact uh yeah, you know it's given him a lot of clout in the horror community <laughs> horror movie fans community and everything um and of course uh, uh you know uh, the simplicity just stretches to the villain uh, michael myers uh it's uh it's as minimal as you can go it's just a guy you know big tall guy but in a mask uh, you know and famously uh it's a captain kirk mask uh spray painted white in order to make him more emotionless so you don't relate to the uh the stalker you don't relate to the uh uh the serial killer uh in any way shape or form you just uh sort of uh are uh, you just to sort of take his point of view when he's uh, stalking the, the the high school girls back home, and when they're uh, uh, when they're on alone 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 on Halloween nights. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I when I watched it, I had already like been absorbed in all the sort of lore and everything. Perhaps that uh, the movie did sort of a disservice because you know it sort of hypes it up. It sort of puts it to a an almost. Uh, uh, too great of uh, expectations and uh, so I didn't really appreciate it all the way I, I liked a few sequences I liked that uh, again I really liked the music it's uh, that well done Jamie Lee Curtis uh, but I didn't I didn't really understand sort of uh, the amount of uh, acclaim that this one gets uh, you know there's and uh, could both be could because there's you know the thousands of imitators that came after this you know all throughout the 80s uh, there were there were so many there were many 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 uh, slasher uh, imitators that came after this uh, trying to replicate the success of this because as you said it was very very profitable um, one of the most uh, profitable independent movies ever made but uh, uh, having rewatched it uh, recently uh, I think my appreciation has grown uh, mostly because uh, of the subsequent sort of follow-ups to this franchise that uh, have uh, really uh, made it convoluted and very complicated uh, the lore and everything uh it's just a simple 
uh, stalker slasher movie uh, at its heart, uh, the original 1978. And I think that's what, uh, that's the drawing power of something that's, that's uh, uh, so primal, you know, and it goes back to sort of my idea of what a horror movie should, uh, you know, what constitutes a horror movie. Like it, it imparts a primal fear. You know, in this case, it's uh, uh, the home invasion uh, uh, sort of aspect uh, that uh, someone, uh, an uninvited guest could be lurking in the shadows and around the corner and uh, just waiting to pounce on you and attack you. Uh, and that's very effectively done. Uh, Carp, you know, uh, uh, Carpenter, again, uh, stretches the budget here. He really makes it look good, uh, <clears throat> along with... Uh, along with his DP, Dean Cundy, who would go on to be sort of another uh, great uh, icon of uh, cinematography with uh, Robert Zemeckis and uh, all of his work. But uh, yeah, the, I, I, I have, I, my appreciation is growing more and more as the years go on with uh, the original 78 and it just, it's simple, uh, sort of simple approach. <clears throat> just like was mentioned before earlier about Rob Zombie, He's kind of, in terms of Michael Myers' backstory, was expanded on. But at the same time, um, maybe, I mean, you can appreciate that or, or not, but at the same time, like you said, the simplicity of the 78 Halloween, um, the fact that you can't explain the, 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 you know, the, the evil. So basically, he just was the epitome of evil, um, you know, it begs the question, can people just be born evil? Because a lot of people will say, no, people aren't born evil. They're, you know, they're, they're made to be evil later on. But, um, you know, in the beginning, little boy kills his sister. Um, and there's no rhyme or reason for it. It's just he's evil. So all uh, they're just evil people in the world. I, I guess you can, uh, that's, that's a question. I think this movie, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that was the intention of the, the film directors, but that's something you can ask after watching this. Cause it's like Rob Zombie uh, comes out with his version. It's like, we're seeking this. It has to be a reason why, you know, this person is doing what they're doing. You know what I mean? Cause like, how about the people who grew up with no trauma? Like, like we always, um, when people are portraying the character who is doing evil, you know, evil things like killing and all that kind of stuff, is always born out of some kind of traumatic experience. So, you know, um, I'm pretty sure there are probably some serial killers out there that grow up well-to-do and probably didn't have any trouble. What about them? Like, how can you explain their evil? You know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe I'm kind of digging deep into this, but that's just some of the things that comes to mind um, when, when I watch this film. And then I, later on, you know, I see Rob Zombie and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, I don't know what you guys kind of think about that, but. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that is a good question sometimes. Too. Like, I remember watching a documentary on Ted Bundy. And, like, in the beginning, when he was a child, he was just hit in the head one day. 
And all of a sudden, that's just when it started. And it just started to grow from right then and there. So I heard that's how they speculated how he became the way he was. And then there was also um, John Gang- John um, Wayne Gacy, excuse me. And then it's just, I guess, his failed marriages and his um, lover, being a lover of men, not being allowed to do that during those times probably developed him to be the psychopath that he was. But I mean, those are just two I can name off the top of my head where those, um, the way they, the way they became serial killers is what, how it was explained. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not huge on serial killers, but those are only two I can think of off the top of my head. And also what made Halloween so terrifying too is like the time period in which it took place was a time period where people left their doors unlocked. You know what I mean? People left their car doors unlocked. It was no, it was no, and people found it strange if you locked your doors. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So imagine you live in, in a time period when, you know, you live in a time period where people can walk in your door you know, with no problem and people are choosing to kill people, <laughs> you know, uh, taking advantage of it. You know, they don't have to break in or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, of course, today, nowadays, you have to lock your door. You have to put double locks in your door sometimes. You know, you have to have one door that you lock and then you go through the vestibule. You have another door you have to go through that's locked. So that's, it's, a, it's a quite, um, you know, a cultural change from, from back in those days. Yeah, absolutely. The, <clears throat> excuse me, absolutely. The uh, time period and setting are very important to sort of, uh, uh, just sort of understanding like the horror behind this. <clears throat> like, uh, so yeah, uh, this, so this is uh, Haddonfield, Illinois, or, uh, you know, fi- the fictional Haddonfield, Illinois, uh, or anywhere Middletown, USA, basically it's this, you know, sprawling suburbia that uh, seems to be well-to-do, um, very, uh, uh, very showy, a lot of um, <laughs> a very uh, well-to-do white upscale neighborhood. But, um, <clears throat> and um, they, you know, this was one of the first to exploit sort of uh, terror in suburbia, you know, the, the idea that uh, moving out to the suburbs will, will make you, will, will be safe. You know, it's not in the city. It's a, it's, there's uh, not a lot of, there's not a lot of crime. Uh, everyone gets along with each other. And this was probably one of the first uh, to sort of say, well, no, uh, crime happens here just as well as in the city or anywhere else. Like anywhere else, you have people that, uh, you know, interact with each other. Uh, you will have you have some version of it, and this is one of the first to sort of uh, expo- put that on the screen right? to say that uh, you know you know this looks like a very well camped and uh, you know very uh, sleepy community, but underneath you know there's this stalker that's going around and peering into windows and. Um, uh, being yeah, just like you said, just being able to go through unlocked doors in order to gain access and uh, uh, lie in wait for anyone uh, to um, uh, to come across them. So the, yeah, this is and that uh, you know the terror in suburbia would really be exploited uh, decades afterwards in many in many other films and many other various forms. Yeah, something like that, honestly, like, I feel like it was also just like the beginning, or not even the beginning, like the middle of the grindhouse era, because like, 
bringing up like when you brought up like terror in the suburbia just automatically my mind went straight to the last house on the left and i thought that's like definitely a great example of that just because it's about these kids or it's this family that lives in the middle of nowhere where something happens when they go to the city gets brought back home and then i think the daughter ends up being murdered but yeah it's just like these were movies back then where these stuff like this could actually happen to you And there was something else that I, 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 you know, when I was watching the episode of uh, season three of um, the, the moves that made us that I never really noticed before. I mean, we talk about like, uh, okay, you have around this time period, you have Halloween, you have Friday 13, so on and so forth. You have the teenagers and they're having sex and, you know, um, even Scream franchise, especially the first one talked about, you know, um, you know, uh, teenage sex and pretty much you're going to be one of the victims of murder. Okay. But I never noticed this before that there's all, they always have that one girl. The final girl is always the virtuous one. You know, they're the ones who hold out. It's like the men try to sleep with the boys try to sleep with her, but she's like, no, you know, either she's a virgin or, She's not, you know, she's not gonna sleep with you on the first date or that sort of thing. They're always so that's like, you know, you watch these films, but you don't really uh, consciously think about it until you know it was pointed out. I was like, you know, something that happens not just in Friday, but happens whilst well, Halloween came out before Friday Thirteenth, so they kind of started that. Um, so pretty much, like Scream said, you could kind of see who the, they give you clues of who's going to be the final girl. Even in Scream, um, you had, you know, what you call it, she, you know, she, she's pretty much the final girl. She was the one that was a point now, so on and so forth. Uh, I can't remember she eventually. Um, Sydney. Sydney, there you go. I can't remember she eventually um, put out, but even like Fright Night, the same thing. Is as virtuous and yeah, so I never noticed that before. And it's like saying, okay, if you have, it's kind of like teenage sex is, you know, it's like symbolic. You know, it's like you're speaking out against teenage sex, and and and, and they're more pro kind of like you know, um, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't have teenage sex. You wait till you get married and so on and so forth. So. Um, when I watched the episode, I was like, you know something? I never really conscious. I mean, you see it, but you don't really conscious, consciously think about it. Yeah, I've always thought about that just because I feel like those are like one of the rules. Do not have sex or this will happen to you. It's like the rules for every horror movie. Don't do this. Don't do that or you will die. And it's like, to me, every horror film I've ever seen is pretty much like a how-to guide to survive a situation that you're in where you're either being stalked by a killer or some other stuff. I feel like those movies like have always been the best example, except for Friday the 13th, because if you're in a Friday the 13th movie, you're probably going to die. I just feel like that's always going to be the case, just because I feel like there's no way you could ever escape Jason. Mike Myers, I don't understand that either, just because he doesn't run after you. I never really got that. That bothers me a lot. Like, he kills you regardless of how fast you're going. You could be Usain Bolt. You'll die. 
Uh, Jace, yeah, uh, Michael Myers doesn't need to uh, doesn't need to put on any running shoes or anything. He just is always creeping at the same rate uh, right towards you. Doesn't need to run. Doesn't need to jog. Just as a sort of a leisurely uh, leisurely pace. But uh, the uh, that's uh, that's very correct. Uh, that's sort of a Halloween sort of uh, established or popularized the rules of these uh, sort of uh, slasher movies. In terms of who lives and who dies, uh, and as as you put it, yeah, the more you know promiscuous uh, teenage girls uh, usually don't make it out, don't last too long, uh, while the more you know bookish and uh, virtuous uh, uh, final girl makes it. In this case, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, but uh, you know, and uh, Carpenter, both Carpenter and Deborah Hill sort of uh, uh, have gone against the, the notion that that's what they were trying to, uh, that's what they were trying to say. It was more along the lines of uh, because uh, uh, because the, the people that get killed, uh, not just and, and not just uh, women, uh, because the people that get killed were too busy, you know, uh, getting it on. Uh, they weren't uh, realizing, you know, uh, Michael is in the corner or Michael's coming out of the closet uh, in order to in order to stab them. Uh, and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was much more aware of her surroundings, um, you know, uh, so that it wasn't there. Well, at least it wasn't their intention uh, originally. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely a way to read into that uh, sort of like in terms of uh, the victims and the, the, the people that are able to survive. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why um, Mike Myers, Michael, Michael Myers, never, I don't know why I keep saying Mike Myers, it always bothers me. But yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why um, Michael Myers doesn't really go after children just because they're still considered virtuous. Like he's not going to kill a kid because he hasn't done anything wrong. And more than likely he hasn't, he or she hasn't had sex yet. Maybe he has like a sex radar or something upon him that he'll just throw up on a kid. like, oh, okay, that kid's still a virgin. We're not going to touch him. We're going to go on to the next person. No, I was like, maybe, isn't that why he killed his sister? Because, I, I mean, they didn't like, spell out that she was this promiscuous person but for some reason um i mean she was undressed in her room and um maybe i don't know what michael Myers have seen i could i could imagine maybe he sneaked seeing her sleeping with boys and stuff like that i know they don't explicitly say that but that's just what i'm guessing that um one of his first victims was which is his sister is probably very promiscuous right that first uh the prologue that 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 awesome prologue uh that you get the point of view and that's another uh rule that sort of established that was established with this giving you the point of view of the killer as they talk about uh other victims uh sort of the uh, the single uh, single take that goes to the house and uh, eventually uh winds up upside with that great reveal of uh you know, uh, eight-year-old or six-year-old uh, Michael Myers, but um, ah, okay, that's what I was going to say. Uh, so, but it's also implied that uh, uh, Michael Myers sort of uh, relates to children because the you know uh, the first person that really bumps into him is Tommy, uh, who turns out to be uh, um, uh, Laurie Strode, sort of uh, babysitting that that Halloween night, and. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Michael Myers follows Tommy all the way back home, and then uh, eventually uh, seems to be the uh, the reason why he's uh, attacking all these uh, babysitters. And uh, you know, uh, 
and uh, other teenagers that aren't really paying attention to uh, the kids. And uh, it's, an, it's an interesting thing that, yeah, it kind of uh, spares the kids, but uh, uh, goes after the, uh, the teenagers that are supposed to be responsible for them, at least on this Halloween night. Even in the new one, the same thing, they did the same thing where at the beginning of the film, I know it was probably, I think that was one of the flashbacks. Maybe, maybe it wasn't, I can't remember Halloween Kills. Yeah, opportunity to kill a kid, but he didn't. He let he, he was killing everybody else, but he let the kid go. So I, I noticed that um in the other Halloween films as well, that he really doesn't like kids were off limits. And just like uh <clears throat> Derek says something about being virtuous, um it's kind of, you know, they don't they don't seem to fall victim most of the times and uh films like this yeah, but it also makes you wonder like why was he going after laurie strode if she wasn't seen as unvirtuous except for when she left the house i mean i know they explain it later but it's just one of those things where we're at the beginning of the franchise now. i kind of wanted to understand why he chose her specifically yeah that's actually one of the scarier elements. And I know that's, you know, there's all this, the lore that was added on about the connection between, uh, you know, Michael Myers, whether that's uh, family or supernatural, sort of the, the supernatural connection. But I, I think that's one of the most scarier is that there is no connection. It's just, she was there. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it, it could have been anybody, but it just unfortunately by absolute horrible luck, it's uh, Laurie Strode. And, uh, you know, she's thinking that it's just going to be a quiet night babysitting, uh, you know, Tommy, but um, that's not going to be the case uh, as uh, she becomes the primary target of Michael. Yeah, for the longest time, I thought she was probably related to him somehow. I thought for a long time, I, I just kind of guessed that. But basically, she's just, like I said, the babysitter. I mean, later on, uh, when he did kind of like the uh, sequels, I think, it was, I think it started in part four, maybe, where they tried to say that uh, that was like a sister or something like that, or some kind of relative of Michael Myers. So you try to kind of reinvent the wheel, so to speak, in terms of the mythology. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that's, that's I, I can't, I, I, I know I saw part four like last year and part five, but it was just, um, it was kind of excruciating, so I can't remember the details. <laughs> so, you know, oh, I, I kind of clocked out. I kind of clocked out a little bit. So, um, if, if I mean, people who seen part four or five and loved it and, you know, um, experts of the kind of like the mythology of Michael Myers to correct me. Um, but, I, you know, they tried, they did try to later on establish that, that you know, uh, blood connection when it wasn't there before. And that's, I, I guess that's the thing about these, re it's, it's funny how like the reboots and the remakes and everything, where they're always like, um, from the original, they, it was like, oh, we made a mistake and, you know, um, let's, let's kind of like kick this back and do it right. They did, you know, they did with Star Wars and they do a Halloween and all, all that kind of stuff like that. Um, I think this, this franchise has been rebooted like twice already you have your rob zombie and then you have the uh david green and am i saying is that the director uh david david gordon green gordon green there you go and uh, and a guy um the comedian 
I'm trying to remember his name. <laughs> Danny his McBride. Name. There you go, Danny McBride. When I saw Danny McBride, I'm used to seeing him in um, Vice Principals and uh, what's the other one, the baseball one? Um, he's bound and down. Yeah, he's bound down. It's like seeing him in the, you know, those, uh, all those comedies. It's like, oh, really? So now we got comedians doing horror because, you know, you see Chris Rock and the new Saw Spiral movie, and um, which is interesting. But yeah, this is Halloween. But see, the, the thing with the new Halloween, uh, you know, um, it's from 2018, and then the one that came out this year and the one coming out next year, this whole, they tried to reconnect as if the other ones part two, three, four, five, H2O and Resurrection never existed. Um, they did this with another film too, another franchise. They act like the other ones didn't exist. I can't remember offhand what other franchise did that. But um, this is, I guess this is more in alignment with wow. uh, the, the John Carpenter Halloween. And um, when you guys ready to talk about Halloween Kills, I do have something to say about that. We will, sir. I certainly we have a lot of things to say about that one. But uh, yeah, first, um, yeah, to sort of set up uh, the Halloween with the David Gordon Green that we got uh, a few years ago. Uh, um, so we are going to be we're going to transport forty years, uh, forty years, and we're retconning, uh, sort of getting rid of all the other uh, Halloween sequels and reboots and reimaginings, and we're just going to go on this timeline with. Um, so we find uh, Laurie Strode that uh, the trauma that she experienced that night has sort of uh, never left her. And it's, um, and it, it's caused her to sort of be uh, very paranoid and a very uh, sort of, uh, she has this, she, she's built her own house. That's basically just a, uh, her own sort of uh, security defense uh, sort of a system and uh, in order to prepare for when she has to confront uh, Michael again, at least she, she truly believes that uh, uh, that is the sort of the destiny that uh, she has. And uh, the, the trauma that she's like, experienced to sort of passed down to her, her daughter, uh, you know, uh, now uh, played, uh, played by Judy Greer and uh, her granddaughter. Uh, and um, it, it's showing sort of uh, intergenerational uh, passing of sort of, uh, of trauma and uh, of um, uh, uh, of uh, of how that the thing can manifest. But uh, yeah, to but yeah, this is a long. Uh, we're sort of getting the, the, all these uh, sort of uh, uh, sequel boots, if you will, uh, like uh, Candyman. Candyman was one of the, those uh, sort of picking up. Uh, uh, a p- picking up the plot, uh, you know, decades later after uh, after the fact, um, and um, uh, you know, in order to confuse uh, fans by uh, not having you know some sort of uh, uh, some sort of indication in the title that uh, this is uh, this is a, this is a sequel. It's not a it's not a reboot. It's not like a Rob Zombie's uh, sort of uh, take on everything. Uh, it is a sequel to it, and. Uh, uh, yeah, do we want to? You know, can start with sort of uh, our impressions about uh, the um, uh, how it, how well they do the uh, sort of uh, the forty years on uh, sequel, uh, the forty years on follow up, which uh, normally is a, uh, a a recipe for disaster, like uh, trying to uh, 
trying to pick thing pick up where things le were left off with the original you know uh, the the classic uh, in this case but uh well i do prefer the 2018 uh, version halloween in terms of it being a sequel <clears throat> i like it but i liked it better halloween 2 they came out like probably a year or two after the original halloween it was it was it was okay you know it was it was okay and um because it just she goes to the hospital after part one so it kind of took off from there and you know he does you know a little killing here and there uh it, 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 whatever you know it's, it's kind of forgettable you know compared to the first one but um i don't mind scrapping that and um going straight to 2018 because i don't mind them kind of bypassing season of the witch and you know and a curse of michael i don't mind them you know kind of like pole vaulting past all those and coming straight to 2018. so if anybody hasn't seen halloween franchise if this is your first time it's okay watch the you know john carpenter the first one the 1978 version and you can pole vault all the way to 2018 that'll be fine um so, but I, I like the direction that it went in. Um, I, I like the idea that she, you know, she's fighting back. She's like this, you know, she's shooting guns and she's preparing for this, um, this, this evil, you know, manifested in the flesh coming back and she's gonna be, she's prepared for him. I like that whole idea. Um, Cause I feel like it's, it's pushing the story forward opposed to you know the other hot like the, the Halloween that came before it like part two three four five it's like i think what a lot of these sequels uh to these you know that you know to these uh movies like fred 13 so on nightmare no street eventually it's like okay you keep having sequels but it's not really moving the story forward and i think in the case of 2018 it did um even 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 Halloween kills, it tried to do something different and try to move it forward in some way or fashion compared to like I said, the older ones like the H2O's resurrection. Cause it felt like all they did was okay, you put L O Cool J and H2O, you put Buster Rhymes and you know the other one, you put Tiger. So it's like you just throw like these celebrities that are popular. So you're trying to bring it. So it's kind of like it's just a, it just felt like money grabs instead of like, of course you want to make money, of course, but um, at least try to put forth a, a story that that people can be entertained by, and and and, and if you're going to make sequels, kind of build on that that story that you told in the first one, in the previous one. And I think in 2018, they, they, they did that. So, um, but it's bloodier. So you know, like I said, Halloween had no blood in it. And that is not the case for, with the other Halloweens, especially the 2018. 2018 is plenty of blood, especially Halloween kills. I mean, uh, Michael Myers is vicious, vicious, vicious. So, um, of course, Halloween, he was vicious too, but, you know, um, I can't remember if Halloween, the first one was PG or not, PG-13 at least. Let me see, what was it? It's, um, 
But to me, it could, it could have been because, I mean, Psycho uh, was, I believe, PG. But um, like I said, because you had no blood, so, so I mean, you had kind of like the, uh, you know, the, you know, you, 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 uh, uh, using imagination, but still. But anyways, but this is definitely a hard R. <laughs> you know, when it comes to the blood and gore and violence and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so that's my. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, the Halloween 2018, or as I like to call it, H2 All Hallows Eve Day, um, sort of very following the uh, Terminator playbook with the um, uh, the victim in the first one, uh, sort of, um becomes uh you know becomes a pre becomes a hunter you know and instead uh instead of uh wanting living in fear their entire life they decide to prepare they decide to uh, uh bulk up uh, in this in, uh Laurie Strode's case she bulks up on ammunition and uh trap house uh design uh that uh, in order to prepare for her confrontation with uh Michael uh yeah they i think if you were to do a sort of a, a sequel instead of just a reboot or another another sort of reimagining uh, this is the, the, yeah this is a good way to do it sort of uh, uh go back to the um go back to its roots and uh sort of uh, say um that um <clears throat> All the uh, all the things that the the character experienced that that night, you know, in the original Halloween, you know, it, it isn't just okay afterwards. Even uh, uh, it's uh, it, you know that, that she's she's traumatized obviously because of uh, of everything that happened. And um, but in this case, instead of uh, you know uh, cowering in fear, she decides to take it on her own to uh, to prepare and to uh, uh, to make sure that uh, she isn't a victim again. Uh, so that that I think yeah, and it sort of uh, uh, it really it adds to the uh, it adds to the Laurie Strode's uh, uh, sort of uh, character and it adds to sort of the mythos of, of Halloween uh, that. Um, the real terror is sort of um, <clears throat> uh, of the, what the real terror of uh, Halloween is. Uh, and I, I think uh, they, they, they did a very good job uh, with it. I mean, it's definitely not up to the stand, not up to the, you know, the, the classic iconic and you know, 78 Carpenter uh, version, but um, uh, the, in terms of uh, what I thought it was going to be, it's uh, much better than, uh, than, what I, uh, than what I thought. I guess since um, Derek hasn't seen this one, I guess we could jump to a little bit. We can fast forward just a little bit to Halloween Kills. Right? You can talk about the 2018 version. I don't mind just listening. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Because okay. No, okay, yeah. I didn't want to spoil it for you. Uh, yeah. but, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, lives, the beginning, so. Yeah, the beginning, the beginning of Halloween Kills. Uh, so Obviously, he doesn't die. Yeah, no, well, just... we knew that's the thing too. We knew he was gonna die in this one too, because we already know ahead of time, Halloween ends is coming out next year. So, um, you know, and that kind of is one thing I had a discussion with somebody recently, right? Um, M Night Shyamalan's old. We talked about how the previews gave way too much, and part of the um, the lore of it or the strength of that film is find out things as you watch it not go in knowing 
what the you know what what the thing is you know i experienced it for the first time you know and and even in this knowing ahead of time that 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 michael myers isn't going to die you know because a lot of people was like i i saw a lot of chatter like uh in facebook groups so on and so forth they were saying, oh, Michael Myers better die in this one. I guess they didn't know Halloween ends was coming out. But it's like, people was like, of course he's not going to die because Halloween ends is coming out next year. So um, and I think that kind of takes away from um, everything because it's like when you're watching a film, it's like, you know, stakes are raised, so on and so forth. And then and it's like you're, you're into the story you're involved in the story because you don't know if is this person going to make it, a person's not going to make it. And it's like, if you know ahead of time the person's going to make it, like, you know, it kind of deflates it a little bit. I, I don't know what you guys think of that. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of the thing that you have to deal with these uh, these franchise movies and uh, that, uh, yeah, you know that there's something going to be, there's going to be a follow-up, you know, so, you know, um, what are they going to do um you know in order to and um yeah so the last thing i'll i'll sort of uh yeah mention about uh halloween before we go into the most recent uh most recent uh uh, um entry into the franchise we got uh yeah the uh, kenyatta said yeah the the blood and gore really amped up in uh in halloween you know and uh just compare and especially comparative to the uh 78 uh version where the um it's essentially it is essentially bloodless except for a few drops here and there but here they just let the the gore fly like (laughs) there's uh there's a lot of on-screen uh, violence and a lot of uh, a lot of gore, a lot of blood, and um, you know it just makes Michael, you know, ever more dangerous. And I guess you know uh, Michael at this point is uh, uh, 61 years old and uh, been in a institutionalized for 40 years. So I guess you got to establish that nope, he's still very much a threat and very much dangerous. Uh, he hasn't lost any of the uh, uh, he hasn't lost any of the edge that he, uh, he used to have as a 20 year old. So um, I guess on that on that note, that they do a good job because yes, he is very menacing and. Uh, uh very scary and they um and as uh uh then they got the mask right uh because that's uh sort of been a problem with some other uh halloween uh halloween follow-ups where the the, the mask that they get uh is uh that just doesn't look good on camera and here it's so uh, it's uh it's weathered and it's uh there's always creases it's uh, it's old it's de- yeah and uh, they do a good job on that end on you know that's a sm- that might be a small thing but uh i, I they they do uh, it's one of the things that uh they really pay homage to the original with the the mask is you know the sort of thing this motionless featureless mask yeah and that's one of the first when he first popped up on screen and halloween kills it's like first thing i noticed was the mask by far this is out of all the Halloweens, this is by far my favorite uh, mask. Um, I think this is the best mask out of all of them. So that's one of the first things that I that I noticed. So so this is number one. This mask of Halloween kills is number one. Number two is the 1978. Those two masks are the best of the franchise. Yeah, this one was my favorite mask too, just because it's like you see all the other masks throughout the movies, um, all of them, 
But then it's like with this mask, you can see how it's just been 40 years, 40 years, the same exact mask. Like he has never went out to the store and bought a new one. No one seemed to have taken this one, this one away from him, but yet he still has the same iconic mask, just 40 years aged. And I just thought that was like the coolest thing ever. Like, how do you hold on to something like that? I've had, I don't have anything that I've had that I've held on to since I was a baby, but he has his mask for 40 years. I don't know. I thought that was just amazing. And it's sort of implied that uh, the way he thinks about uh, it is that he's not complete until he gets the mask. You know, he kills, uh, he kills to a couple podcasters that, uh, that uh, have his, that have the original mask from 40 years ago in order to get it back. So it's almost implied that uh, he needs it in order to feel complete. Uh, he does, you know, he feels naked without it uh, sort of. And I think that that's an interesting little touch, a little addition to the, uh, the, the Myers lore. But yeah, uh, so oh, you wanted to say something here? No, I was just going to say real quick that I noticed too, whenever he loses the mask, he will stop killing until he puts the mask on and then, oh, okay, let me continue to kill. So I was like, maybe could they think somebody could just take the mask and destroy it and <laughs> maybe that could get him to stop killing. I was yelling at the TV the whole entire time. I was upset. I was like, just because I played... Friday the 13th, um, the multiplayer, multiplayer game. And then, like, one of the objectives is to still chase his mask and destroy it, and that's, like, one of the ways of winning the game. So when I'm watching Halloween Kills and I see, um, I forgot the daughter's name, not Allison, I think that's the granddaughter, but the daughter takes the mask. I'm just like, burn it, burn it, burn the mask. Will you please just burn it? And I'm just yelling and swearing at the TV. It's, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm waking the neighbors up. They don't know that I have my headset on watching a movie, but I am just, I was completely upset by that because I'm just like, why? Why? That is, yeah, that, that is the operative word with uh, Halloween Kills. Um, so, yeah, the end of... Um, I, uh, the end of the original, well, the end of the original, the end of the follow-up that we got, uh, it's a very nice mo- uh, sort of uh, uh, weighted, I think a very nice, uh, almost a wrap up that uh, unintentional or not, uh, you know, the, um, the Strodes have, have won. They, they, they trapped Michael in the, in this house that uh, Laurie Strode built. Uh, they set it on fire. Uh, but you get that, you know, uh, you get the extreme indication that, yeah, this is it. This is going to be the, this is the end of, uh, you know, evil does die tonight. But uh, of course, um Unfortunately, we get the most uh, recent follow-up, Halloween Kills, uh, which, uh, uh, yeah, uh, as Derek put it, why, why? Yeah, that is the operative word, um, because uh, they're, <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard to even get the, the where, where to start with this one. Um, so, well, I mean, they start off right, uh, right at the end, uh, they, they, they pick off right where they left off, you know, the, um, and and uh, one, one, the first warning sign I, I knew that it made me go oh was uh, the talent show you know any movie with a talent show you know automatically there's the sort of a, a warning sign for me there's <laughs> the, anytime you put in a talent show in your movie like that that's uh, kind of almost a, a warning sign for me and in this one uh, sort of they they're setting up that the town. It, it, 
the town of Haddonfield is has never moved on. Also, just like Laurie Strode, the the town hasn't moved on for forty years after that. Which understandable, yeah. You know, uh, five people killed in a night. You know, uh, very young teenagers. Yeah, that would affect the town. Um, but uh, well, but they, I I don't think they they pull it off uh, well at all uh, with this um, with Halloween kills. Uh, yeah, just a disappointment uh, on almost every level. Uh, but uh, maybe I'll let someone else t- uh, take over for a little. Okay. Well, what? Okay. When I saw Halloween Kills, right, the first thing I thought about was the flashback. Was I? I, I liked it. it. Was it was? I kind of like how they did the flashback. They kind of did a reimagining, a re, you know, <clears throat> of the 1978 version, like the end of that. Okay, this is, I know I talked about this before, how, and I just recently, I saw, uh, I, I currently, I, I, excuse me, I just rewatched um, the, the remake of Dawn of the Dead yes, last night. And, I, and um, me and my wife were talking about the movie and everything. And, I, and one of the things I said was, on Channel 25, they show like the first 15 minutes uh, without commercials, um, you know, they they, they they didn't edit out any curse words or anything. They showed the first 15 minutes of uh, that film, that Zack Snyder remake of Dawn of the Dead. Now, when I saw Halloween Kills, I said, you know what they should have done? They should have, that, 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 um, that flashback they did, they should have the same thing. They should have, like, uh, on TV, no, you know, no censors, no censoring, no whatever. Just that whole section, they should play it on TV. Um, and then, you know, you really don't need all these elaborate trailers and so on and so forth. If you've done that for free, and then when you when you see the movie, that isn't that part doesn't even need to be in a movie. You should just because like there's a section where they um they, they, they where they left off in the uh uh the, 19, the 2018 uh halloween you know they they pretty much that at the end of that they kind of took off from there now um so because you don't need that flashback in there you that could have been more of a uh, promotional thing that could have been shot and I think it will work very well to do it that way. And there's another thing too. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was barely in this film, and she was very ineffective because she was hurt from getting stabbed in the gut. And it was like one of the kind of like um, things that didn't make any sense to me. If you get cut the way she got cut, there's no way you're doing all that. I mean, she she did try to act like she was hurt a little bit, whatever. I was like, trust me, if you get cut like that, you know, you're in the hospital, you don't want to barely talk, you don't want to move, you're not going to move like the way she was moving, not the way she was cut. It was just, it wasn't like time went by, it wasn't like a two, three, four weeks later. This was like the same damn night. And it's like, how, you're not moving like that, you know? And um, I'm like, damn, she, she didn't even need to be in this movie because she was pretty much ineffective. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, maybe they should have um, fast forward to like, I don't know, a year later 
where she's healed and everything, have more an active role in Halloween Kills than what she, you know, the role that she had in, in, in the one, you know, the one that we, we're seeing today. So that's just a couple ideas I had just off the bat. And I'll let somebody else, you know, say something. And Yeah, she was on painkillers and adrenaline. So like, as soon as she shot that needle up, she was like, okay, I'm ready to go. Let's do this shit. And then all of a sudden she gets smacked around and then that she's down for the count. But um, yeah, no, I kind of sort of agree with you on that too. She wasn't affected throughout this whole entire movie up until towards the end. But at the same time, I think she kind of sort of, I think her position as well as some of the other actors were there to kind of sort of move the plot along. That was like one of the things I disliked about the movies that there was too many stories to follow. But I also thought like it was a good thing though too at the same time, just because they were also able to um, cut off certain stories in the middle of the main story itself. So I thought that was a good thing just because I didn't want to know what happened with this small group because I was more focused on this other group. But at the same time, you don't see this other group until like near the end of the movie. And like I was completely upset about that because I'm thinking, I feel like this would have been the best part of the movie. Like I think the Johns was like the best part just because they're living in the old um, um, Hayden Field, Mike Myers house, Michael Myers house. And like they redecorated, we did everything, the structure is still standing. So it just makes you wonder like, why exactly did they buy this house? Like, I want to know the theory that went into like making the house more presentable. Um, like you bought a you bought a house that a girl was murdered in. Like, I want to know the story behind that. I, I found that a little bit more interesting. Um, uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? Um, I thought it was pretty interesting how um young Tommy and I forgot the younger girl that was that Lori was watching the first one return. I thought that was pretty cool. And it just turns out they do this every year. So I thought that was a little interesting. Um, I don't know, but at the same time, I also am a little bit bothered, especially if there's going to be, when there's going to be a Halloween kills. Like, I feel like after Michael, after Michael Myers' return, after 40 years, killed a bunch of people in town. Next Halloween, you probably just want to go somewhere for a couple of days before he comes back and like finishes what he started. I mean, I feel like that's the logical sense of things just because again, I feel like horror movies itself is like a guide to what not to do while you're in a horror movie. I don't know. I could be reading a little bit way too much into it, but I feel like that's what you're supposed to do when you watch horror movies. Yeah, this movie, uh, I think you you mentioned there, there are way too many plots, there are way too many characters. It's trying to do many things at once. Jungle, it's juggling so many different genres and so many different uh, ideas at the same time that uh, in, the, in the end, it's incomplete because we're getting Halloween ends in another year. Uh, so this is like the filler episode in between um, in the in this trilogy, so the, this reboot trilogy that we're getting. And none of the plot threads are yeah they uh they're they're not very satisfactory uh <laughs> the the comment yeah the, i mean they're, they're trying to juggle sort of the, the, the slasher gore fest with a commentary about mob violence and uh you know vigilantism and it's also trying to but it's also trying to be funny with the the the, the little john and big john characters uh it's trying to be uh, dramatic in some instances with um 
uh, Laurie Strode's uh, speeches about uh, about evil and the nature of it and how it manifests in the community. Uh, and yeah, it, t- it takes away the best part of the, the first, uh, you know, the, the Halloween from 2018, the, the Laurie Strode's character that she had agency, like she was active, like she was, uh, she was really just a, um, she was a she was the the force against Michael like, uh, but in this one yeah she's bedridden she's uh, yeah she sustains what looks like a mortal wound but uh, you know for the magic of uh, of movie medical medicine uh, that she's able to survive and that sort of gets into you know there's um, they make Michael an indestructible character in this one like he's it's not just that he's you know their um, uh, escape mental patient that uh, you know just has you know abnormal strength or you know uh, a mind of a child it's now he's the manifestation of all evil in the universe and it's it's just so bizarre like the uh, and we talked about the simplicity of the 78 version and that's that that is the true like reason why there's uh why this franchise continues it, the, the simplicity of that first one you know it's just a guy at a Captain Kirk mask going around with a huge butcher knife, uh, stabbing, uh, stabbing people and hiding out in the shadows and um, uh, trying to sort of uh, uh, trying to sort of recreate his childhood, as it were. And, and, you know, there's uh, but uh, they they make it that now he's the manifestation of all evil and indestructible uh, uh, because, uh, you know, violence begets violence. Like, it's so bizarre, like. Yeah, this is a movie that's trying to juggle so many things and uh, it completely fails like on on pretty much almost every level like it's it's really it's the only way i can put it is just huge disappointment uh you know this is sort of the movie i was expecting when we with the 2018 version that it's trying to do way too many things with uh um and it doesn't have much to say on any one of those things this Halloween Kills is a missed opportunity. Now, um, what I did like about it, I like ideas uh, that they try to, you know, bring forth in, 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 you know, in this sequel. But the execution of it leaves a lot to be desired. Um, now, um, you know, off the bat, for example, the whole fire, fire fight between Michael Myers and, you know, of course, the firefighters. Now, um, there's some, we, we, now, Derek mentioned, you know, lot, logic. <laughs> and I, I think that's the big weakness of this film is there's not a lot of logic going on. For example, um, with the, the, the firefighter fight between Michael Myers and the firefighters, all the firefighters had axes and all that kind of stuff, but they were all taking turns getting killed you know what i'm saying so like the guy with the hose he uh you know he's trying to spray michael myers but it's not taking effect michael myers is closer and closer and they see this you know michael myers has this um you know this instrument in his hand this instrument that he's going to use to kill people with uh let him get close enough to boom you know you know, uh, put that, that axe right, right, right through his mask. You know, and while the other one, I'm like, damn, where are the other? Don't. Not only did the guy with the holes see how close Michael Myers is getting, I'm like, won't you move back? Why, why don't you move out the way? I mean, you know, the water's not working. Um, how about the other firefighters? What are they doing? Are they standing, waiting their turn? 
Um, they could have ganged up on him. So, I mean, the, the kills are kind of neat and everything is kind of cool. But at the same time, it failed because the logic is not there. Because, like, uh, after he he dispatches, got the hose, he turns to, the, you know, another firefighter with an axe. Okay, so, you know, the other, I forgot how many, it could have been five of them, all the axes. So it was like when he's attacking one guy, when he, when he attacked one with the hose, there was you no know, nobody. He jumped in. He attacks the first guy with the axe. The other what happened to the other four? What are they doing? Just standing there, <laughs> you know. Nobody's trying to flank them, and nobody's trying to get behind them. Just uh, no. You could they, they could have surrounded him, and they could have all been swinging at him. Okay. So that was like the beginning of the, of uh, Halloween Kills. It happened throughout the whole entire movie because, like later on, I like the idea that they all came together, right? Because so it's not just um, in the first one. Then 2018, it was Laurie Strode. She was she was the prey, becoming the hunter. Okay, so but she was doing it by herself. So in Halloween Kills, you have like a whole group of people, like, you know, people who survived in the other film, you know, uh, getting together with people in the town and all, you know, they're, they're arming themselves with guns and whatever, you know, and what happens? They all separate. It makes no sense to me. You know, you go off in groups, like, for example, you have, uh, teenagers joining you, okay? Uh, there was a scene where they go to that house with John, um, Little John and Big John, where they, you know, the, the house which Derek was just talking about. And, um, you know, they, they were killed, you know, they went up one at a time. To, I mean, they were searching the house. Instead of searching the house together, they did separately. Okay, that's whatever, right? But after they get killed, then um, they have... Um, you have one guy, I can't, I, I can't remember names, but that one guy, you have the teenager, you have two teenagers, you have the, you know, uh, the boy and the girl with you. And he tells them, wait in the car. And he goes, check, checks it out. So my thing is this, ain't that the whole point of you guys getting together in groups and you're searching, so on and so forth? So why are you gonna go, if, if, your, whole, if your whole goal and purpose was you know um, was power in numbers? Then why, when you you know when you go to approach, you separate? You know what I'm saying? So it's like okay. Um, and then there was another scene where they're in the SUV, and they have guns. He's on the roof, and this lady she keeps missing. It's like he's just on the damn roof shooting the roof or when. She's shooting windows and so on and so forth. And then um, you had the uh, the black woman. She has a gun, and she's walking up close to him enough to for, for him, Michael Myers, to reach her. It's like you have a gun. What's the? It's not like you have a knife. Like in order to be effective, you have to get up close. You have a gun. Why would you? And, 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 and we have all these people with guns, and they keep missing at close range. It's like you're shooting everything but him. You're shooting each other. You're shooting yourselves. You shoot everybody but Michael Myers. 
and then like um, at the end, there was pretty much the same instance in the beginning with the firefighters. We had this the mob surrounds them. They're taking their turns doing it. I mean, they were more effective than the firefighters. The firefighters, they had axes and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but he tore through the firefighters like it was butter, right? And, and, and these folks, you know, after he goes down, they don't even check to make sure he's dead or anything. So it was just like a, a lot of illogical stuff. And then when they do kill somebody, they kill the guy that's not even Michael Myers. They mobbed up, killed this guy, wasn't even Michael Myers. You, so, so you stay mobbed up to kill somebody who's not even Michael Myers. But when you, when you go to kill Michael Myers, you separate. So it's just, um, and I think that work, works against the film. All this illogical stuff going on. And you, you, you're yelling at the screen. It's like, why the hell are you doing that? Well, there's so a, I, I, go ahead, sir. Oh, there's a quote from um, Men in Black. What, how's it go? Um, smart person is, no, what is it? Smart person is dumb. Um, people, look, people are dumb. Smart person is smart. I can't remember the quote, but yeah, well, like when you're in a group, like as if a mob mentality, you're going to be dumb regardless. It's because you're going with the group, so you're going to follow them. Um, the thing, yeah, you're talking about the women in the car, honestly. I feel like that would have been me too. I would have been shooting everywhere but Michael Myers. I, Whenever I play Resident Evil, I empty clips on zombies. Like, I'll go through the whole clip before that zombie dies just because I don't want to get eaten by a zombie. I don't want to get killed by Mike Myers. So I'm going to shoot everything, everybody probably. I think what annoyed me about that, though, is just that... Um, that they didn't have any um, extra clips. Like, like, yeah, that bothered me. Like when the guy walked up to Mike Myers, like he finally had the gun to his head, it was empty. And then Mike Myers is just like, he's dead. I don't know, that like that bothered me too, just because like you could have just waited till you got a good shot. Like he's basically chopping up all these people, could have walked up behind them, boom, right there in the head. But yeah, um, yeah, like a lot of that stuff just bothered me too. The whole mob mentality thing was just like, I knew they were gonna go after the wrong person because I feel like that happens every single time. Like they never get the right person the first time around. It's always who they least, I don't know how they ended up thinking it was just because I guess he was also an escape prisoner. But it's just like, I, I don't know. Like he didn't seem like he fit the description of Michael Myers at all whatsoever, other than the fact that he was old. That was it. Yeah, as soon as you, as soon as you said like uh, the the firefighters taking turns, you know, this is, it's almost a video game. You know, it's just turn based uh, video game uh, like logic. Like, uh, yeah, we can't just all uh, well us firefighters, you know, dress to the gills and our our gear, and we have axes and uh, buzz saws and uh, and everything. But uh, why don't we just take him one at a time because we want to be respectful to Michael Myers, uh, this guy that this dude that just came out of uh, a fiery blaze and has probably killed two of our uh to other firefighters at, at least but uh yeah it, it, and that logic follows throughout uh, yeah it's just one at a time like uh, let's not all try to uh 
you know, I guess it only happens really at the very end, uh, you know, sort of uh, uh, justifying, you know, mob, mob violence almost. But uh, in the end, it, it's futile because Michael is this is the uh, essence of evil and uh, he absorbs, you know, all the violence around him in order to become stronger. It's it, it, it's just baffling. Like <laughs> the um, yeah, it's just uh, following the there's there's. Uh, there's there's such uh, like plot holes and logic logic logical problems like and there's like there's just baffling choices all around uh, in terms of both on screen and uh, behind the camera. I'm about to get a little political here, if you don't mind. Um, <clears throat> and I just this really bothered me, and I, and I just feel like I have to say something. All right, uh, the black character, I can't remember the name, the one, uh, you know, he was a doctor along, his girlfriend was a nurse, and um, the, that's the character I'm talking about. I can't remember his name in the movie. But one thing that, uh, you know, they, you know, uh, the, these times, they, they talk a lot about toxic masculinity, so on and so forth, right? You know, back in, you know, the 80s, you had movies like Action Jackson, you had Terminator, you had Sylvester Stallone, you had, you know, just Machismo and Rambo and all that kind of stuff. And um, nowadays, though, um, they talk a lot about toxic masculinity. And there's this thing in the Black community where when it comes to Black males, um, it's kind of like uh, with the whole Trayvon Martin um in all these other George Floyd and all that kind of stuff where it's like, oh, I fear for my life, Mike Brown and stuff like that, kind of like this. Um uh, you know, uh black males are painted as like the super predators, like Hillary Clinton says and stuff like that. So in order to be more palatable with society, kind of like, you know, look more um uh try to look uh, less threatening as possible, make a concerted effort to do so. Now, um, <clears throat> when they talk about toxic masculinity, what do you think of? You think about Mike Brown and Trayvon Martin and all this kind of stuff. So you, you have a black face on it. So I noticed uh, concerted, it seemed like to me, there's been a concerted effort, not just in movies, but also on television. Uh, to have like these male black male characters to be very emasculated, and um, I'm telling you, Ralph, this this characters it's not it's not even just this Halloween Kills. It's, it's another movie too that I recently watched, where basically the black male is a bitch. Excuse my language, but you know, even even his woman. You know, because I, I think they was just, they suspected somebody was in the car when they came out the uh, the bar. Instead of instead of him going to check it out, he sent this woman to go check it out while he called for help back at the bar. Um, his girl had to take the gun from him, and she had to take charge. You know what I'm saying? And um, I, I I had this conversation with somebody who said, "Oh, um, I guess they they thought he was you know he was gay." I was like, "No." Because there were two characters that, you know, were gay, the Little John and Big John, they didn't back down. 
So it was, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that. And um, there was, like I said, there was a, another, it seemed like there's a trend going on that really bothered me. It was like, out of all the, all the characters in, the, in, the, in, in, in this film, everybody stood up. And I think the black male character was the only one that was acting like a bitch in the whole entire, you know, film that really bothered me. So um, I hope, you know, I hope that trend ends because I just, I just find it personally, I find it insulting. So. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I understand you exactly what my thing was and what bothered me about the black couple throughout, not even throughout the whole movie, just up until they died, is that like if it was me, if I was the nurse's husband or the doctor's husband, she said, hell, there's somebody in my car. I'm like, oh, okay, well, we're going to call the police. I'm not going to check your car out. I'm not, I'm not getting killed for you. I know we're married and everything, but that's not going to happen. Another thing that also bothered me, Again, there's a guy going around killing a bunch of white people. I'm going to go away from that. I'm going to go way over there, where away from the mob that's going to chase the guy and just get away. Like, I'm done. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Hopefully some of y'all live, some of y'all will be better off. Who knows what's going to happen? But yeah, no, I'm just going to distance myself away from that. Like, And I was like the same thing with the black sheriff. He's actually trying to do the right thing to get the job done. And I'm still just like... Okay, now being the position that I'm in as a black sheriff, again, guy is going around killing a bunch of people. Bodies are piling up like hour after hour. I feel like at what point do you call the National Guard? Like you have the authority to do this, but you're just sitting there. I mean, and I don't, I don't know if it matters whether or not he was a black sheriff, it would have been a white sheriff. My thing is you have bodies piling up. Like, this has been going on for, I guess, well, since Halloween started. So maybe 12 o'clock midnight, Halloween day. Again, bodies are piling up. You're having people going into the hospital hurt. Call the National Guard. Like, I feel like that would have been the smartest thing to do. Just like with the Black couple, I would have just left town that day. Like, we're not going into work tomorrow. Sorry, some people are getting killed. Nope, not today. See you next time. Halloween comes next year, won't be there either. Like, just make it a point to not show up anymore for Halloween just because people die every single year, like, by the dozen. Like, I don't know what the kill count was, but it was definitely over two dozen bodies. Yeah, um, in terms of the sheriff, you're right. It's, it's kind of like, it was like a waste of a character. Um, well, then again, you know, the sheriffs in the other films were equally as ineffective, so... Um, I was just more speaking of kind of like the uh, <laughs> the spirit of you know you know these these black male characters just being cowardly and it's one thing okay you you're trying to look less threatening but you get to the point where you're just totally emasculated you're, to, you're a total bitch but everybody else is you know if it, it, it's like this here if somebody's in your car guess what like you said call the police but you don't allow your your woman to go you know to the car. You know, no, no. Either I'm going to check it out, or you're not checking out. Either we're we're gonna call the police together. I'm not gonna let you go. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and, and he was just cowardly through the whole thing, and it was it was just embarrassing. It wasn't a good look, um, and I don't like that trend. And um, like I said, there was a couple of movies here and there 
uh, especially all the newer uh, movies and t t uh, t TV series are doing the same thing. And, and it's, it's, it's not cool, man. It's not cool at all. But oh, they could always be like, I'm trying to remember the actor's name. Um, it's I want to say it's Anthony something from Friday the 13th. I don't even know if that's the right one. I could be completely wrong whatsoever because I don't even know what number it was. It was just like with Buster Rhymes in H2, not H2, Resurrection, because we were discussing that before this. But yeah, no, like they basically stood up to their um to Jason, stood up to Mike Myers. And I want to say Buster Rhymes survived. I know the other guy didn't when he fought Jason, but like they went toe to toe with him and still didn't come out on top. I'm trying to remember, did Buster Rhymes live in the um, Resurrection? I can't remember. So long ago i think maybe he did die not I think right he away, lived. but okay i can't remember no the reason but, why i think i remember him living is just because i also remember that there's a meme of him ll cool basically being commemorated for um surviving in the horror movies as being like the first black man to ever survive just because if you're black in a horror movie you're gonna die which is why i suggested in the beginning of movies somebody's in your car and a bunch of people have been getting murdered that night. Like you're hearing all these ghost stories. The best thing for you to do is probably either call the police or just go in the opposite direction. Just because again, you're in a horror movie, you know what's gonna happen. Go away. And I don't know if you remember Friday 13th when he went to Manhattan, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's in the inner city. And what you have the black guy was actually going, going like, catching a fair one with him you know what i'm saying he was trying yeah to... that was the one i was talking about yeah i can't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. who it was though yeah no i don't think it was a famous actor or anything like that but buster rhymes did also fight michael myers and um i can't remember El Gujai. he could have i don't know but you know that like i said this trend has to end yeah that sort of goes into yeah again it just uh the, the 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 multiple sort of uh another problem with halloween kills is that it doesn't know whether it's like in the real world or in the in the old halloween verse or is it uh entirely just uh, a mishmash because uh uh yeah they're trying to be yeah again they're trying to be comical with some of the kills in this uh but they're trying to be deadly serious with others and uh, uh yeah they, they they just it's just a tonal mess like they just uh they uh it, it just and you know i i my guess is that you know this is kind of like the filler episode uh you know they had they had to have something for the, the middle chapter even though uh they kind of um they, I, I think everything that you could have said was already in the the uh the 2018 version like uh but i guess they they have some more things to say with the halloween ends but uh um I get, I'm not entirely looking forward to it, but uh, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just a, just a huge, uh, yeah, huge letdown all the way. And especially to release it uh, right in season, right in October, like, or, you know, right when uh, other theaters are playing the original Halloween, you know, uh, hopefully more people flock to that than uh, we're able to see it on the, uh, on the, on bigger screens rather than, uh, rather than this one. I know you're not looking forward to Halloween ends, but. I'm personally looking forward to seeing if they if they do any better than they did with this one. If they learn kind of like the lessons, like the you know um, 
all the mistakes that they made in this, in, in this in Hollywood Kills, if they kind of take it to the next level, and, and you know, in um, Hollywood ends, in terms of like um, not making the same mistakes, you know, because I think I think it diminishes the the um, when it's because like when I had a discussion with somebody about Hollywood Kills, they said it wasn't scary, right? But when it gets to the point where uh, people are acting and doing things that doesn't make any sense, like to me, it diminishes the horror of it. You know what I mean? Like taking taking turns and just doing stupid. I mean, for a while, scary movies, you know, this is a cliche, people do stupid things. But to me, the scary ones are people who are acting logically, um, you know, because doing stuff that you would do in real life, I, I I think I think that's you know eventually that sets up is when it when it gets more realistic like that, you know, um, instead of you yelling at the screen, don't go in there, don't do this, why? It's, it's like to me, you get so you get too frustrated, that takes you out of the film to me. You know, when somebody does, like, why would you? I think it happened more. Okay, the black woman, she walked up to him. I think somebody else, the same thing. It's like you have a gun, bullets travel from distances, and and it's still effective. You don't have to, because otherwise you might as well have machete or whatever. You know what I mean? Why would you get? So I think that you know acting stupid like that kind of takes it takes you out of the story. But if you act more logically. You know, it helps you stay in the story. Because I think even in Halloween 2018, with the little boy, um, you know, little boy, the way he ran out the house. Yeah, people laugh. And why people laugh? Because, you know, because um, that's what they would do if they were in that situation. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, um, there is some comedy in uh, the first one, and, and they try to go for it in this one. But at the same time, I just think that um, I think in Halloween ends, ho hopefully people act more logically because because if you don't, it will take you out the story. I mean, if you're drunk and you're watching and people acting logical, it's, you know, it's a nice laugh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you're with your friends, maybe smoking a little weed, whatever, whatever you do, you know, um, it's fun for that. But if you're just you know, um, at home watching the film all year in the theaters, you want to be scared, it takes you out. It takes you out the story. Yeah, and you pointed out uh, at the end, you know, yes, is there, there's good production value here. I mean, yeah, it's obvious that there, there was a lot of money on screen and everything. It's good to see, uh, you know, even though she wasn't in it a lot, it's good to see Jamie Lee Curtis uh, reprising the role that uh, sort of made her star. Uh, it's good to see some other returning folks from the early. We get a lot of uh, returning folks on the original. Uh, you know, basically, if you're still alive uh, from uh, in, in this, uh, you know, in real life, they brought you back. Uh, but at the end of the day, it just wasn't scary. Like, um, and that's you know, that's a tragedy for a Halloween movie. Like you, uh, um, you can have you know. Uh, 
you can have you know, different types of kills. You know, you can have the very serious kind. You can have the very comical kind. You can have you know the the social commentary, and whatnot. But it, if you're not scary, like uh, it's just not doing justice to the original. It's just not doing justice to the, the lore of Michael Myers. You know, it's and it, it just adds to disappointment. And it also feels it also feels like lazy writing too. If you're just if the, if you, it seems like people act like they act illogically are stupid just to make it easier for Michael Myers to kill him. And so, you know, which lends an excuse to see like these horror set pieces where you have a, listen, if, if that's what, if that's all you want, play Mortal Kombat. If, you know, cause you also want a story too. You, yeah, don't get me wrong. You want to, these horror set pieces. You want to see, you know, these interesting kills, but at the same time too, you want a story as well, you know, um, Otherwise, you can play Mortal Kombat and you can see fatalities and so, so on and so forth. So, uh, um, but this is not a video game. This is a movie where people, like, remember you always say story is king, right? So if, if these horror set pieces are um, uh, being replaced, you know, by the story for the, you know, um, um, if it, if it's, if it's, if it compromises a story or or any storytelling, whatever, is it diminishes everything across the across the board. I did like the kills. I like thought the kills were also one of the best parts about the movie. I like how he just walks into the kitchen. He has a knife and everything, but he sees a fluorescent light bulb just already lit up above the kitchen sink. He's like, you know what? I'm going to kill you with the fluorescent light. And then he does it. And it's just like, oh, wow, like we didn't see that coming. It just, I don't know, he kind of just seemed like the whole, like the John Wick of serial killers, if I had to say something. I think that's how I would compare him to just because like he, like he has a knife and everything, but it's like, what? I'm going to take this light bulb and just stab you with it. Just like John Wick with a pencil. Here's a pencil. Boom. Everybody's dead. But it just seems like they're doing it because there's such a lack of story that they have to come. Uh, I mean, that's all it has going for it is these interesting kills yeah no agree one <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? No. Yeah. yeah but you can have a story and have the interest so you have to have both i would think but yeah agree too but yeah no like i just that was just the part i like just the brutality of it all just because like he's just always been a stabby stabby knife guy or a choke you guy but this guy is like no i'm gonna do something different i'm gonna be innovative with my killing we're gonna have some fun today guys we're gonna take random objects around the house and we're just going to kill people with them. But yeah, I don't know. That's just one of the things I like. Other than that, wasn't really a huge fan. Wasn't disappointed, but it was just one of those things where I had my moment where I got to yell at the TV. So that was okay. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it was like when people went to the movie theaters. I feel like that would have been the best part as well, just because you're surrounded by a group of people all watching the movie and yelling about the same things that you're yelling about. So I think it would have been interesting to see it in the theaters, but yeah. I would have never paid to do it. Like I'm glad I sat down and streamed it <laughs> because, like, I would have been disappointed. Oh, I, with everybody in that movie theater. I'm 100 with you. I'm very glad that I uh, Peacock was offering this on their streaming service because I would have done the bad movie beeline out of that theater right as soon as the last, as soon as soon as the title card came out. Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, I would have been just hugely disappointed. No matter even if there was a huge audience reaction to it. Uh, you know, with all the um, with all the kills, you know, and everything, I would just be sitting there, just sort of miserable. I think that would I would make my experience worse with this movie if I was to see it with an audience that was really with it. 
And a friend, one of the things I thought about too when I saw this film, uh, Halloween Kills. Now, I think, I don't know how many drafts uh, they went through to, you know, to ultimately come up with the draft that they, you know, they used to shoot with. But you, let me tell you something. One of the things I thought about was like, they should have came to Boston Screenwriters Group and we could have made it a lot better. We, I'm telling you right now, I really truly believe we would give our feedback and they would have went through, you know, uh, another draft, used that feedback, and this would have been a better movie. I'm telling there you. There you go. Can you audit with the promotional? Love it. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. David Gordon Green, Danny McBride, please come to uh, Boston Screenwriters. We will tell you exactly what was wrong here and how to fix it for Halloween ends. Please do, if you're listening. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great. yeah. <laughs> it's great, man. It's great. Yeah, because if you didn't start shooting Halloween ends yet, Come they haven't, yeah. They haven't, oh, they so haven't. they haven't, so maybe you they never haven't. know. You never know. Or or you could just not do Halloween ends and just let it go. I would I would actually offer don't let's let, let's just leave it. Let's Save your money. Poor, let's just let's just let no, this no, no, franchise. No. See, no, no, I want them to do it and I want them coming to us. That'll be, you know, that'll be a feather in our cap to say, hey, Halloween's came came out and they use our feedback. And you know what I'm saying? That'll be that'll be a good feather in our cap. <laughs> <laughs> love it I do but at the same time I'm also wondering what would happen if it's bad then we weren't responsible for it it was all uh, David Gordon Green and uh, Danny McBride <laughs> they didn't take any of our they didn't take any of our notes <laughs> uh, we could say it would have been worse if they didn't take our feedback mm-hmm. possibly mm-hmm. possibly mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 oh that was awesome Okay, anyway, anyway, yeah, so yeah, do you want to wrap this up, wrap up uh, Halloween on Halloween? Well, I guess um, movie recommendations is uh, Trick or Treat, that was that was pretty decent flick, uh, it's like an anthology, and I know this is not the greatest film, but, you know, there are some films... <laughs> You, you know, you got to take it for what it is, and it's good for what it is. Tales from the Hood. Um, not part two and three, because those are just complete trash. But for some reason, I just I just have just something I like. It's like one of those films that are fun to watch. So um, even though it's not, you know, it's not Shakespeare, it's not no uh, Oscar caliber film, but Tales from the Hood, if you're you know, if you like anthology, even if you don't like, even though you, if you don't think about anthologies, I think, you know, I would say try that one. Um, there's so many classics out there. Um, even Creepshow, uh, you know, I, I, I did think uh, Creepshow 2 was okay, you know, but Creepshow was like growing up, that was just the thing, man. Uh, I seen that, me and my cousin, uh, we've seen that thousands of times. So that's also an anthology. That's Stephen King. So, um, well, just as one more. I just want to. That's like you said. Halloween ends. We talked about this before. That sometimes they they say these things, but they don't keep their promise. Because um, you had like uh, Friday Thirteen, the final chapter, but they kept going after that. And then you had um, uh, what you call it, Freddy Krueger, you had the, um, I forgot what it's called, The Final Nightmare or something like that. And then he came out with more. And um, hopefully Halloween ends, they keep their promise this time. 
But um, I also just let me just want to throw one more film out there, and, and it's called Sisters. It's by Brian De Palma. Um, it's and the reason why I'm throwing it out there because I don't know how many people have seen it. Um, it's not as popular as Dress to Kill and stuff like that, but um, I don't know why I'm recommended because of Halloween, but I, I just, it just came to mind. So I just want to throw it out there. It's, it's one of those films where um, it's not, it's, 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 there's story there. It's not just, okay, you do have kills. And it's like when you watch the film, you know, you can have kills and you can have story. So maybe that's probably why that's coming to mind. So, and plus Brian De Palma, I have a recommended Brian De Palma film. And I don't know how long, so I just had to throw him out there. If you like Tales from the Hood, you should definitely check out um, The Hood of Horrors, just because um, Snoop Dogg's in it. He's one of the storytellers of the movie. But like, it's a, it's pretty funny and pretty um, horrific, too, at the same time. I wouldn't say it's like a, an A-list movie, more like a B-list, but I still think it holds well. Um, it was one of those movies, one of those, um, I want to say it was one of those eight films to die for that used to come out a long time ago. I remember waiting for it to come on a DVD to see it, but yeah. Um, but as far as like compared to Halloween, I would like stick to the low budget end of films. Like definitely go see um, or watch Evil Dead if you haven't seen it yet. $300,000 movie, did it pretty well. Um, also Last House on the Left, um, $87,000 movie. Great movie as well. You got a bottle, um, what's it called? Like a bottle episode type of movie. Um, it's not horror, kind of sort of is, but it's more of a, um, what do you call it? An exploitation film with, um, can't think of his name. Um, crap, forgot his name. But um, basically the name of the movie is called Hard Candy. Great movie, low budget end as well. I cannot remember his name. That's going to bother me. Elliot Page. Yeah, I knew the name of him as a woman. Couldn't think of it as a man. All right. But yeah, um, again, I'm not looking too much forward to Halloween ends. I mean, it might surprise me. I mean, the expectations could not be lower, but uh, we'll see. Um, but uh, I, I hope they just go back to the simplicity of the first one, because that is, that's the main draw. I mean, that's the reason why this franchise has endured for 40 years. Like, really, um, the simplicity of the first one. It's just uh, the things that are lurking in the shadows, the things that uh, creep in your house. Uh, it's so well done. And, and I get it. Well, if anything, Halloween Kills makes me appreciate the 78 version more and more because uh, just in how Carpenter and uh, his filmmaking team were able to just um, just do it on a budget and uh, create this iconic, uh, you know, both icon of both horror and just uh, film itself in general. Like, uh, Michael, the Michael Myers is sort of inescapable, especially around this time of year. And uh, the the original film does a large part of that. You know, the, it's a uh, it's the shots. It's the it's uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. It's uh, it's the music. It's the it's uh, it, it's a lot of other things. But it's all a simple story about uh, this you know young this young woman versus a uh, just uh, force of nature and Michael Myers that. Uh, that uh, she has to sort of uh, take on. And uh, I hope they just find a way to, you know, and hopefully Halloween ends is actually the end. I hope they put this franchise to bed and uh, there's no more reboots. There's no, we don't need any more uh, follow-ups. You don't need, you know, we can just stick with this timeline. In terms of recommendations, uh, yeah, in terms of uh, some, you know, bare bones slashers, uh, you know, Halloween sort of, uh, 
popularized it, it, it uh, for good reason, but uh, you have a lot of follow-ups, uh, you know, you have a lot of uh, uh, sort of uh, precursors to it in terms of Psycho, um, uh, Black Christmas, and, uh, you know, uh, you have some Giallo flicks like uh, Bay of Blood, but uh, my, old, my personal pick would be Peeping Tom by uh, Michael Powell back in 1960, which was highly controversial at the time. He was basically... Uh, blacklisted in the film community for making this, you know, uh, for telling this point of view of the killer as he stalks the uh, stalks women and uh, kills them in gruesome ways. Like he was basically, uh, he was this very well-renowned filmmaker, you know, in the UK. Uh, but uh, un until he released *Peeping Tom*, which um, ha has gone on, you know, thankfully has gone on to really be uh, appreciated for what it is, one of the very first uh, slasher movies and uh, definitely highly influential in uh, other horror genres as well. So definitely uh, my pick for your Halloween watch that I, you know, good old classic uh, uh, horror. So, and uh, yeah, I think that that'll do it for us. We hope you enjoyed this Hot Off the Presses podcast. We certainly had a blast discussing the good scares and kills of the series. We're gearing up for our November podcast. Again, you can vote on a poll on our Spotify page for which classic noir we talk about. But next time is the Korean Netflix hit, Squid Game. Feel free to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and other platforms. You can support this podcast and the Screenwriters Group with a monthly donation by clicking the support button at anchor.fm. You can join Kenyatta and I at our virtual Screenwriters Forums by RSVPing either on meetup.com and or Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our forum recordings and other videos. Links are in the description. We wish you all the best in your writing and other life's pursuits. Get vaxxed, stay masked, and be safe out there.